Welcome to 49ers After Dark. Jesse Naylor, Grant Cohn, Wednesday night. Time to talk 49ers. Debo Samuel has beef with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Real talk. Real talk. There's beef. And it's important. And we really need to spend a lot of time talking about it and dissecting it and deciding who's right. Because these are the things that matter in life. I mean, we talk about a game for a living. I don't think this is any more trivial than the game that's played. So let's, you know, we'll just save that. <laughs> let's talk about things on the field first. Like an area of concern that isn't Jake Moody. I actually am going to say Debo Samuel. And I know that we're going to talk about him a little bit later when it comes to this Chauncey Gardner-Johnson stuff. But Debo Samuel, since he signed that contract grant, has done anything but live up to it. Last year, we heard, okay, well, he's out of shape. He's coming back with a vengeance. And I thought, oh, man, Debo Samuel is going to break out in a big way this year. Now, there's still plenty of season left. I'm not saying that he can't. But do you realize that since he signed that contract that Debo Samuel has just three games over 100 total yards and two of them came against the Rams, which we know that wow. that's what he does against the Rams. That's crazy. He has that's crazy. just seven touchdowns and five missed games. And he has another game that he was non-existent in. That was the Arizona game this year because he was hurt. And he, I think he had two carries for like six yards. So. He he has not lived up to the billing whatsoever. His touches are way down. And and on top of that, you know, he's the one that was out there. He like he's the talker of the team. He's the guy mm -hmm. that went on the the press tour yep. at the end of last year, went after the Eagles, said that uh I forget their corner's name, called him a bum basically, that they were going to expose him. Yeah, yeah, Bradbury. They were going to expose him. Then we saw the Chiefs kind of do that, and we're like, okay, well, maybe that's true. Then you get this season where all last week he's going after Parsons. Then he gets in a fight with the Cleveland Browns before the game. But he is out there doing things and asking the team to cash the checks that he couldn't because he was unable to finish that game. And that's a big deal to me. So I don't know. Debo Samuel to me, and it's not just the numbers. When you watch him play, if he's not getting the ball, this was a thing dating back to last year that was very evident on film. You're seeing the same thing this year when it comes to him that the effort's just not there. And listen, I love Debo Samuel. You see it right here. He's my favorite player on the team, but I got to call it how I see it. Right now, he's a big concern for me going forward. Me too, man. You just laid it out beautifully. He's not the same player he was. And if you think about it, he was never an elite wide receiver. He's paid like an elite wide receiver. But he never established himself as that. He established himself as an elite weapon, an elite uh, versatile weapon. But really what made him, what took him over the top is what Chauncey Gardner Johnson's talking about, like playing running back. Yeah. He has <clears throat> so many touchdowns as running back. His, his, I feel like most of his value comes there. He doesn't play that anymore because the Niners have Christian McCaffrey. And I don't think they want to play. You know, he's, they're paying him so much. I don't think they want to play him there anyway. But... I think it's his best position. What he does well as a wide receiver is like extended handoffs anyway, screens and things where he doesn't really have to run routes and get open on his own. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. I'm very concerned because I don't know how he can really give the Niners the value that they paid for. No, most certainly not, at least not right now. Now, if CMC's out this week, I would expect Evo Samuel to have a – I mean, we talked about three 100-yard games. 
since he signed the contract, I would expect him to go over 100 yards. And that's just, that's not 100 receiving yards. That's total yards. So we're including the rushing and everything. Now, one thing I do want to say, and it would be unfair to not bring this up as we're talking about Debo Samuel, he played very good in the Seattle Seahawks playoff game. Now, I'm only taking uh, regular season into account here. He did play very, very well in that game. Then when you look at that and you parlay that going into this year and you see him talk about losing the weight and how he was disappointed in himself, you really thought he was going to put things together. Without CMC, assuming he doesn't play, I would expect Debo Samuel to have a big game. This is where he has to earn his money. If the CMC is not there and the redundancy is not there, he has to play at a top-tier level. He has to show he can be that guy. Maybe they should move him to running back. If CMC's out, maybe that's what they'll do because if you don't play him there, I, I'm, I wonder how much value you really get. I mean, you laid out the numbers for him as a receiver. They're not great. No. No. Okay, that's a fair concern. How about mine? Brock Purdy. Like, I don't think people really want to go there because Jake Moody missed a kick, but, like, Brock Purdy was not good in this game. It wasn't no. just that he lost. He was not good. Like, he was a little bit better than P.J. Walker. A little bit better than PJ Watt, which is alarming because we were talking about him being an MVP candidate and, you know, in the conversation with Tua and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And like, nah, he was in the conversation with PJ Walker last game. And was it because the ball was wet? Was it because they were playing man coverage and the windows were tighter? Like, hey, well, if you want to be an elite quarterback, you're going to face stuff like this. And I think a big, what we're seeing is the book is starting to get out on Brock Purdy. He'll dice up zone coverage. And he gets a lot of it because of Christian McCaffrey. People can't match up with them. But if McCaffrey's out, what is Brock Purdy going to look like against more aggressive man coverages? We saw it a little bit in this last game. It wasn't good at all. He looked uncomfortable. Most of the time, he can get the ball out of his hands really quickly or bail out of the pocket. This time, he had to like hang in there, find an open receiver. And he looked like all that confidence and swag and uh, borderline arrogance on the field in a good way was gone. And yes, he was facing a great defense. But if, if that's the book on him and it starts to work and he comes back down to earth, he, I don't look at him as a guy who's winning a Super Bowl. And um, I wonder if Kyle would look at him as a guy who, uh, you know, going to win a Super Bowl. So I think, I think there's more at stake for Brock Purdy than people might realize. That was bad, what he did in this game. It was like on the Jake Moody level. It, it was, okay, we, we can agree there. It was not a good game by Brock Purdy at all. There's here's the thing with Brock Purdy, and this is what people this is what people fail to realize is that there's a lot of unknowns with him. And not not meaning unknowns like he can't do certain things, but we just have to see it. And he's so early in his career that you're gonna see things that come up and you're like, ooh, is is this an issue? Okay, now we gotta see it again to see if it really is an issue, right? Like, so like what we saw this last week was all right. You get guys that can play tight man coverage. Is that an issue for him? Well, let's see it again. And then we'll probably know a little bit more. The weather thing is interesting because I did talk about this and I threw it out on Twitter during the game. I said, the only two times that we've really seen Brock Purdy look human was the first quarter against Seattle in the playoff game. Everybody chalked it up to nerves. And at yeah. that time, I actually chalked it up to the rain. Mm -hmm. Then when it started to get rainy in this game, it got very dicey again. However, what was concerning to me is there was no rain in the second half mm -hmm. and he got worse mm -hmm. and everybody points. Well, there was no to McCaffrey the, in the second half. <laughs> exactly. 
but everybody points to the game winning drive and they're like, all right, yeah, we got confidence. I, I didn't look at the game winning drive like that at all. I looked at the game winning drive and was like, he didn't exactly have ice water in his veins there. Like he threw a, a, a pass right directly to a defender. Jennings got his hand on it. He then missed Brandon Ayuk deep down the right sideline. Now, it would have had to have been a perfect throw. I am not putting that on him. I don't believe many players would have been able to make the throw, but he didn't even give him a chance. Then they get a, a PI play. He hits Ayuk on a four-yard route. Ayuk takes it another 23 or so. He hits Ayuk on a slant, I believe. Misses Jennings wide open on an out pattern with a clean pocket and then hits Jennings again. I didn't. I didn't look at him going three for six as like, oh my gosh, with the near pick and say, oh, he's, wow, he really came through in the clutch. That's not the way that I saw that. All of that being said, I'm not actually worried about Brock Purdy for the rest of the year for two reasons, Grant. One, we know that most teams in the league play a majority zone defense, and we know exactly what he can do against zone defense. Mm -hmm. He will dice them up. He is, Easy. his anticipation is through the roof. Mm -hmm. He throws guys open. He is yeah. fantastic against zone coverage. Now, there are a few teams that can play man, possibly. We don't know what that'll look like, especially if CMC's playing. So my thought process is this. I'm assuming the team will be healthy. I'm assuming there's not another team that can do what Cleveland does through and through. I think some teams can get close. Seattle's a team that I've talked about in the past, but they don't have the pass rush that Cleveland has. So for those reasons, I'm not worried about Brock Purdy this season. What you're bringing up, though, are exactly why I said I'm pumping the brakes on him being the long-term mm -hmm. franchise quarterback because those are questions I need to see answered before I'm willing to just go all the way in on him. I think he's a very good quarterback. Let me just make that. People are really upset in the comments. Let me just make this real clear. I think Brock Purdy's very good, and I think you know every quarterback has bad games. Yes. But I'm not talking about what I would do. I'm talking about what Kyle Shanahan would do. Mm. I'm talking about guys with a lot to prove, guys with maybe a shorter leash than you realize. And you know Kyle's fickle with quarterbacks. You know yeah. Kyle is quick. I, he was over Trey Lance in four starts. He will write you off fast. And it's just yeah. that the, Purdy was really responsible for this loss, extremely. He missed Christian McCaffrey deep. He turned the ball over. He, he um, <clears throat> I can kind of compare this to, like, the 2012 49ers. You know, Alex Smith. Harbaugh was winning with him. He liked him, but his guy was Kaepernick and was waiting for him. And Alex Smith was playing really well, but as soon as Alex, uh, he gave Harbaugh an opportunity to go to Colin Kaepernick, he did. And Ka Kaepernick made the most of his opportunity and Harbaugh didn't look back. And I can't, I, I still kind of look at Sam Darnold as the guy Shanahan picked. He didn't pick Brock Purdy. You know, he's working with Brock Purdy and Brock's doing great. But you heard what Shannon Sharp said. Like, do you really think Kyle Shanahan disagrees with Shannon Sharp about Brock Purdy? I don't think so. I feel like I, Kyle's so cynical. And for whatever reason, he's such a big fan of Sam Darnold. I feel like Kyle's looking for an opportunity to go to Sam. That's what I just feel like. And maybe, maybe Brock won't ever give him that opportunity. But if he plays like this again, he just might. So, just saying. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Just because Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback polygamist. We know this. But let's also really look, let's go down that path for a second and say they do this. Would not every fan in this fan base turn on Kyle Shanahan immediately? Like you 
you can't even be critical of Brock without being just lambasted as a hater. And yet, I mean, I'm sure you said the comments are going crazy. I'm sure they're going nuts because we didn't just praise everything that he did down the stretch of that game. Imagine Kyle Shanahan benching Brock Purdy after going yeah. through Jimmy Garoppolo, going through Trey Lance, and then if Oof. you bench Brock Purdy, I mean, who really can be on his side? I, I think that, I'll tell you one thing. Brock Purdy, you know, we had the, the Trey Lance-Brock Purdy thing. People were split on that, however you see that. If Kyle Shanahan benches Brock Purdy, I think this fan base will unite in a way that we haven't seen in many, many years. Hold on, though. Like, in this game, he had a quarterback rating of 55. Like, he had, like, yeah. 73 passing yards for most of the game. And the only reason that game was close is because the defense played so well. If they're in a game where he's doing that again and the defense isn't necessarily keeping it close and it starts getting ugly, they could pinch the mid-game and be like, you know what, Brock, it wasn't your day. Sorry. You're still a starter, but we, it's not your day, and um, we're going to go with Sam. I wouldn't put it past Kyle. I'm just saying. Harbaugh never benched Alex Smith, but as soon as Alex Smith had a little bit of an injury, it was like Kaepernick time. So I'm just saying don't forget how much Shanahan likes Sam Darnold. People don't think about that, but it's real. And um, unless Brock Purdy plays pretty much lights out and stays fully healthy all year, Darnold's getting an opportunity at some point. Bleed at. I, I, I don't want to see that at all. And I, I, would, I would imagine, you should have put that as a poll. Would you be out on Shanahan if he benches Jordan. Brock? If, if Brock Purdy plays bad again and Shanahan benches him, would you be out on Kyle Shanahan? I'll tell you this. He benches Brock Purdy. I'm all the way out on Kyle Shanahan. The thing about Brock Purdy is he may not have been my choice, but I was very clear that if he is the guy that they think he is, they needed to do all the right things. They needed to move mountains to make his job easier. They needed to get rid of Trey. He needed to be a captain. He needed to be front and center on brick by brick and, and all the flyers that go out, all the promotion, everything. and they've done all of those things. I said that Kyle Shanahan needed to be a little bit less heavy-handed with him, like he was, you know, the way that he was towards Jimmy and, and Trey, blaming them for things. Could not do that with Brock Purdy. He hasn't. Everything to this point, they've handled perfect with Brock Purdy and making it look like he's the franchise guy. If they bench Brock Purdy at this point, you got to be out on Kyle Shanahan. You just have to be. Sorry. I just put up, I just put up the poll right now. Um, okay. if, 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 if Brock Purdy gets benched for any reason, are you out on Kyle Shanahan? And right now it's... Uh, pretty 50, 50, 53%. Wow. Yeah. 55%. Yes. I'm shocked that that's not a hundred percent. Do people trust Kyle Shanahan? I know people love Brock Purdy right now. There's a very intense contingent of Brock Purdy fans, but I think a lot of people look at Brock Purdy as a nice quarterback who, and Kyle Shanahan's still the star. And I think some people would be like, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to see what Sam Darnold. A lot of people want to see what Trey Lance would look like. 62% yes. So, okay. Brock Purdy fans winning out. Okay. All right. All right. Listen, that you guys run that up for the yeses. 63. Absolutely. If they if he benches Brock Purdy out on Kyle Shanahan, I am out. You guys don't want the Sam Donald experience, man, just for this year? No. No. There's no. No. no absolutely okay. not. All right. Give me an area of confidence going forward that has nothing to do with Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> See, I, I like how that caveat's thrown in there because uh, that's the easy, low-hanging fruit there. Area of confidence going forward. 
Hmm. Man. Oh, gosh. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the offense as a whole still. I, I really do believe in this offense. I know that they had a down week last week. I know the Browns did everything that would make you think that, oh, my gosh, there's a weakness there. Teams are going to be able to exploit it. I I think that with Brock Purdy at the helm, Kyle Shanahan calling plays, I do think that there's still that confidence between the two. I think that they work well together. I think that, um, you know, with the weapons that are there, everything, I, I still do believe that this team is a little bit more of an offensive team than a defensive team, as crazy as it sounds. And I think that this offense can get back on track, get back to their 30 points a game, and most of the rest of these games going forward, they're going to be just fine. I, I have a lot of confidence in this offense with Brock Purdy pulling the trigger and Kyle, and Kyle Shanahan calling plays, I do. It's going to be quite interesting to see what this offense can do if Christian McCaffrey misses any time. Because theoretically, they have more than enough talent to be a good offense without Christian McCaffrey. Oh, oh, Grant. Uh, let me let me play this game with you that I've been playing all week. You ready for this one? Okay. Yeah. So let's take Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey out of the lineup because that's what happened last week. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, I mean, they didn't have enough. Okay, let's put Brandon Ayuk. You prefer Jordan Mason over Mitchell, right? Okay, I was, yeah. making sure, I was making sure. I know, like, your team, Mason, but I just want to make sure. Okay, so Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Jordan Mason. Let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs and look at their top three weapons. Would you take Ayuk, Kittle, and Mason or Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice? The Niners ones, the first one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Would you take Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Jordan Mason or James Cook, Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis? The first one. And you didn't even mention Kyle Juszczyk and Jawan Jennings. Like the night, no, the Niners no. have guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the last one, let's compare him to the Ravens. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Jordan Mason, or Gus Edwards, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. It's not even close. Okay. So the, the point yeah. is, is that the 49ers have an embarrassment of riches. You've yes. got other teams around the league that are finding ways to win football games and put up points. And they're doing it with elite quarterbacks and they're doing it with not the best weapons. If they lo lose their best weapons, they don't, they're not stuck with Brandon IU, Kittle, and Mason. They're stuck with like Pacheco and Rasheed Rice, or they're stuck with Gabe Davis and James Cook. Like that's what it is for these teams. That is reality for them. So they deal with it week in and week out. This team, let's not forget that the 2019 49ers went to a Super Bowl, averaged 29.9 points a game with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm, who is not as good as Brock Purdy and no CMC. Do it again, Kyle. I guess what concerns me about the offense as a whole is I know it can put up big points easily against most teams. But it's not about most teams. It's about what it can do against the best teams in January. And I feel like we got a preview of that last week. And it's like, well, that offensive line is still pretty soft. Sorry, that's still pretty, I don't know, not great, in my opinion. I mean, it got worked. And... There's still question marks, to say the least. Yeah, it, it got worked, and the quarterback had his worst game, and they could, I still wonder if they're going to have like a great season and then come up short. That's how I feel with this offense. I like the defense is... I still think it's a, it's a defensive team. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, Steve Wilkes is answering questions about the run defense, but he's given up very few points per game. Very consistent. I don't know, man. 
I'm still concerned if, about if Brock say, and his offensive line against the best teams. The best teams. Okay. So if I say 49ers don't win the Super Bowl, give me one reason why right now. Why did they not win the Super Bowl? What would you say? Kyle Shanahan's weird decisions in close games. <laughs> offensive line getting dominated by a really good D-line. Um, uh, Brock Purdy struggling against some, a really good secondary that can play man-to-man coverage. Like, I, I don't really feel like the defense is going to be the reason they lose. Mm. I mean, I'm wrong. I mean, when they face Kansas City, it looks like that defense isn't on the field. So it depends on the matchup. It's hard to say. Patrick Mahomes never really seems two-faced. At least he didn't last year. No, I mean, he's... No, here's the thing, and this is what worries me about Kansas City. And I, I mean, first of all, the 49ers have to make it, and there's no guarantee that Kansas City comes out of the AFC. Although the way that all these other teams are injured, man, it sure does look like it's going to be Kansas City again. So when you look at that, and by the way, they just got McCole Hardman back. That was a good little addition for them. I would, I don't know what where Frank Clark's going to go, but he might end up back there. That'd be another good addition for them. So when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. What the 49ers are to Dallas, Kansas City is to the 49ers. They're not afraid of San Francisco. They own San Francisco. They know that they can beat San Francisco. It's up to the 49ers to prove that that is not the case. I agree. Okay. So the offense as a whole, that you're, that's what you're confident. Let me get one. Okay. Write it in. Making these like longer topics because people say we have shorter shows. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> here's, what here's what I'm confident in. The pass rush. Okay. You went offense. I went defense. I love the whole defense. And there's certain things that Steve Wilkes is doing that I, maybe I don't like as much, but he's overall doing a great job, and I'm not going to nitpick him, really. I just want to praise him. And his pass rush that he has now, Randy Gregory, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and Nick Bosa, it's phenomenal. It's as good of a four-man pass rush as you could put together in the league. I mean, it's hard to say which one is worse. Randy Gregory was so good in his debut, and he didn't even play that much. Now they got to work on stopping the run. I don't know. I mean, none of these guys set the edge like Samson Ibukam used to. Um, but the pass rush is really good. It feels like it's good or better than they won the one they had in 2019. Armstead's, I would I like to rank them as Bosa, Hargrave, Gregory, Armstead. That's how I would do it. Armstead's a hell of a fourth pass rusher. Only thing is Steve Wilkes needs to like start calling tighter man coverage so that the pass rush can actually do something. D'Amico used yes. to talk about it last year. He said, I want to play press man and force the quarterback to take an extra hitch because if I do, we're sacking that guy. And it's like Steve Wilkes has been way too conservative. They're not giving up a lot of points, but he's been so conservative, the Niners haven't been able to get the production out of those extremely high-priced defensive linemen. So I want to think about that, Steve. Okay, so Kyle Shanahan's the head coach. Kyle Shanahan also has said in the past that he prefers defenses that give his offensive, uh, gives his offense trouble. Knowing what the Browns just did to him, what are the chances he goes to Wilkes and says, all right, we already got the wide nine in place. We need to start playing man. We have to. Like that is the wave. We're playing cover two man. That's what we're going to do going forward. Because... The 49ers have the corners for it. They've been building this secondary, it seems, for the last three years to play man, and they don't play man a ton. It's very interesting. We've talked about this in the past. So does that change? Because you're right. If they continue to play these soft zone coverages, that defense line, like no matter how good the defensive line is, they're not going to get home on a regular basis. They're going to get a ton of pressures. 
they're never going to get a lot of sacks because there's always going to be an option underneath. They yeah, can't I continue mean, to play it with this pass rush, I would want to play two man. That's two deep man under yep. Yep. because, and what I would do also, I think this fans are used to do this back in the day with the Niners teams, like put those two safeties like nine yards off the ball, like not deep at all. It's almost like a nine-man box because you know that quarterback isn't going to take a seven-step drop against that pass rush. You know the ball's coming out quick, so don't play super deep. Play nine, nine, ten, nine yards off the ball with your safeties. Play a nine-man box and smother them. I mean, take away all the quick throws. All the quick throws are gone playing press man. And like, if you want to get the ball out, you're going to have to actually block us, drop back, hitch, scan the field. Like, you got to do all of that. Why not? Why make it so easy on them? Just play, hey, we're going to play quarters, play way off. And if you want to check down, that's there all day. Like, don't do that. You're too talented to do that. Why do that? Yeah, there, there's no no Dick reason tape. to do that. No, no, yes, yeah. I, I agree. Tape. I agree. And I, I would, like I said, I would hope that Kyle Shanahan, who seemed frustrated with the lack of adjustments on defense this last week, would just start to say, listen, this is what we're going to do. This is what gave me problems. We have to do it. This is the new wave. We're going to go this route. And they have the perfect team for it. They really do. They may not have the corners, the elite corners, all the way through that Cleveland has, but they certainly have the pass rush. They certainly have the safeties. And the advantage they have is they have Fred Warner in the middle of that defense. That's a massive advantage that nobody else has. They can play two-man, cover two-man all day long. They can play that. All day and Traverius Ward is way better in man than in zone, in my opinion. Like they got yes. him to play man coverage. Yes. Lenore, I think, does a good job too. And if you feel yep. he's too small on the outside, move him in the slot and trade for someone. You have forty-one mm-hmm. million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. Well, and I know that we don't necessarily believe in Ambry, but Ambry's been forced to play a lot of zone. And when we have seen him play well in short stints, it has been with man. That's what he was coming out of college. He was a man True. press man corner. So maybe put him in a spot to be comfortable, move Lenore inside, and just see how it works. I just want to say I don't condone playing Ambry Thomas. I agree, but maybe in man it can change a little bit. Not my favorite decision. Hey, run it with give it a shot in practice. Give it a shot in practice. Yeah, that goes. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Matt McEwen says, Can Minnesota even play press man? Real talk. No, I don't think so. I don't don't think think so. so. I mean, they could try. I'd actually rather try playing press man than if you play zone, it's just, you know, death by a thousand cuts. You could call it like, Mm -hmm. it might feel like you're not losing. You're losing. It's going to happen. I just don't see what the point of even trying. You mix it in with the Niners, but if you play primarily zone, how many times do you have to see pretty dice set apart? Blitzing him doesn't work. Confusing him with zones doesn't work. Blitzing him makes him like, you're like thinking uh, he'll be a deer in the headlights. He's not. No. And then giving him all those different zone stuff, it's like, oh, well, he hasn't done his homework. He did. Like, what you really need to do is be like a like a, a quarterback, physically in the pocket, reading the defense, standing tall in the pocket. That's tough. Against yeah. Make him do that. Fast says, Browns D held every pass offense to low numbers. Purdy missed, throws in the rain. I dropped a TD. Kicker missed two times. <laughs> Refs also had a terrible day. Hey, Brock also, also missed Christian McCaffrey. Why isn't that in there first? Deep. No, I will say that past Ayuk was an absolute dot. <laughs> he had Yo, one phenomenal throw on the on the day, and that was it. That was good. That was a great throw. For a guy with super long arms, how come Brennan Ayuk can't come down with contested catches more often? I don't know. 
if he could, he'd be um, elite. But he's, but he can't. He's not. McEwen, Did you read Matt that McEwen's, last one? You missed the last um, one. You don't think I do that sometimes. That My bad. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Keith Murphy. He must have been mad. We could say Burrow was hurt, but he threw for 82 yards against Cleveland. Most teams don't have corners that good. Those two were amazing. They are. Uh, Joe Burrow's had bad starts the last two seasons. I'm not going to blame it on his injury. I don't think that that would be fair. And But I would say that Lamar Jackson absolutely cooked him. He went 15 and 19, 186 yards, two touchdowns, 27 rushing yards, and two more touchdowns. So mm. he he's an elite quarterback, and he played like an elite like an elite quarterback with Matt guys McEwen. like Gus Edwards, Zay Flowers, and Mark Andrews. So there we go. Well, that's because he is an elite quarterback. Matt McEwen says Detroit has the ability to play that aggressive D. That's a team that I just might have to go mm, through. Yeah, but Mosley's out for the season. He played about five snaps. Is tore his ACL. You've got Chauncey Gardner Johnson who has a torn pec and is expected to be back around week 18. So he's not playing. Like they, they had three big key free agent signings in the secondary and two of the three are not playing right now. So I don't know that they can. Mm. Jeremy Price, yo, what up G and Jess off topic uh, a bit, but what's good with Kittle getting the ball? What's good? Oh. It doesn't happen. They, not and good. they, this thought that he's staying in and blocking is just not the truth. He was out on routes 83% of the time last game. And he got Not targeted twice. Got to do a little film film breakdown. Brother, Brother Bob says, no, PP said BP is the real deal in the next QB of Hall of Fame. Hmm. Okay, Jeremy Price is another thing. Why isn't Kyle assertive with CMC, like telling him to get off the field? He's not really he assertive with any of the, the Cabo dudes. Jeremy Price, come on, G, you know last week was a trap. It was a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Matt McEwen says, I'm driving the Mason bandwagon all aboard. All right, I'm Don't on it. it. Cap Lowy and T says, I'm anti-Sam. I love Brock, but I'm just sick of Kyle QB carousel. I Fair agree. enough. Dayton Johnson says, Debo should have been traded. He's not a team player. If it's him or Ayuk, Debo has to go. Him and GK aren't live up to their contract. Is Bosa next? Uh, Bosa's uh, playing pretty damn good football, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that contract's a doozy. Maxime LaFlame oh, says, guys, with what we know about how hard Shanahan gets on quarterbacks, I honestly don't understand understand how he tolerates Debo running 60% off fakes and motions. I don't know. That's a, I don't know. Cause because they're friends. He loves Costas Debo. They're friends. Yeah. They're friends. Chris Telerico says Shani Shani them. Shani Shani that game away. Moody needs to hit a 41 yarder, but Shani put the game on a rookie kicker with bad decisions and clock management again. I feel you on that. Chris, I do. Joseph Stockbridge in general beef seems like the right word with this team. Arrogance, even Huff having the cards running back, trip the way he did what led to that yeah there's a lot of like niners putting their finger in people's forehead you know what i mean like yeah like pressing neck. pressing in on people yeah chris Telerico, why will the niners why will the niners fall short if they do shanny always shanny he'll always make the decision that cost him the big game he did this last week keith murphy the unbeaten unbeaten bench a productive quarterback that makes 800k yeah i'm out <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you RJSF2293 says, D-line doesn't seem as dominant as last year. Any thoughts or observations regarding this BT dub? Love your hats, Jesse Grant. I love your show. I think it's the coverage, man. I don't think they're getting a, an opportunity. I, I agree. Maybe I'm wrong. Did KS panic slash lose confidence spiking on second down 29er? I don't understand. That was so erratic. Uh, uh, maybe. I will say this. It, for the first time in the 13 games-ish or whatever that Brock Purdy has played in the regular season, I I don't think Brock lost confidence. And that's what I love about Brock Purdy. 
I mean, no matter what, I, I feel like he's confident. I didn't see him lose confidence. I saw him frustrated with his play, but I didn't see him look defeated or less confident. I actually feel like Kyle Shanahan lost confidence in him at times, and that was frustrating to see. Abu Marco 23 says, I was certain that we were going 17-0 and cruise to the playoffs for the chip. Thank you, Cleveland. We needed that. Let's get to work. That I agree. Frank Tom Ocean says, thanks for the show, gentlemen. Go Niners. Thank you, Frank. Tom, Tom Ocean. Ocean. All right, let's do some prize picks. If you want to play along with us, check out the link in the description. Use promo code CONE and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. All right. They don't have a lot of Niners prize options yet. Because they have Vikings? The well, they play Monday. Yeah, I bet you they, that they, might be why. Yeah, they're waiting. Yeah. Because they play Monday. So, you know what? Let's just look, look around the league and just play for, for giggles. Lamar Jackson, how about him? 222.5 passing yards against Detroit, more or less. Ooh, against Detroit. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'm going to go less. Less? They got a good defense. They're 5-1. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Let's go that's less gonna be there. A good game. That's going to be a good litmus test to see how good Detroit really is, I think. Geno Smith, 253.5 against Arizona, more or less. More. More. Arizona's really just kind of falling apart at this point. Okay, let's do one more. Mm, two more. Tua Tagovailoa, 269.5 against Philly, more or less. Ooh, that's interesting. More. Philly's defense is... I was talking with, with a friend today who's a Cowboys fan, and we were talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I have never seen a team that's this talented be this awful on defense. I don't know Ooh. what is going on over there. I thought it was, I thought it was Gannon. I man, that is not the case. This new guy is just as bad. They are terrible on defense. All right, last one. Jalen Hurts more than or less than two forty point five against Miami. Oh, more. Yeah, more. Then more. Speaking of atrocious defenses, <laughs> Miami. Sure. <laughs> All right, so let's recap. We got at prize picks, Lamar Jackson, less than 222.5. Geno Smith, more than 253.5. Tua, more than 269.5. And Jalen Hurts, more than 240.5. 20 bucks to make $200. So far, I've made 36 bucks on my prize pick journey. One of these days, I might make more. But you know what? Boom. Thank you, prize picks. Again, promo code CONE, C-O-H-N. All right, last topic. Beef. What's beef. beef? Beef is when Debo Samuel and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson throw shade at each other on social media. I thought you were about to Man. go full Biggie Smalls just now is what I thought was actually about to happen. But all right, go ahead. I thought this was so funny. Like, first of all, you got in, in one corner, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who is completely petty, unprovoked, um, lowest, like nothing you respect about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He really doesn't need to talk about this. He's on the Lions. He should worry about whoever the Lions are playing next. But he, he uh, said that Debo Samuel won't have Trent Williams with him when he runs up on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on or off the field. Like, what are you talking about, man? You're not going to square up with Debo Samuel at the SBs or at the joint practice or at Walmart. Like, that's not going to happen. So I thought that was a, a really silly thing for him to say. And then he kept going and saying that uh, what's his, uh, Debo is a, a running back and that he can't get open. That, he could, that was funny. Like that was like a zinger that landed, in my opinion. Then Debo came back and said, yeah, well, I'm richer than you and I'm more famous. And I was like, ugh, 
we should have worked shop that one. We could have worked together and had something better because <laughs> really that's just not really a comeback. Um, but it's entertaining. What do you think of their spat? And do you think they'll make up? Well, no, they're not going to make up. But if they, if, if I was writing the material for Debo, I would have responded with Chauncey Gardner Johnson in a Saints uniform hanging on for dear life as George Kittle carried him down the field so that the 49ers could go win that game. That's what I would have responded with. I remember that. That's that's just me. Uh, so let me write your material next time, Debo. But I I like rivalries in football. I like ish talking in football. I really do enjoy it. However, however, the 49ers are coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. I just laid out Debo Samuel's numbers since he's been signed to a big contract. I and Debo, by the way, was hurt last week. Is he even going to play this week? He's got to rehab all those things. I am not a big fan of Debo in this moment at this time, playing this game with a a guy who's out with a pec injury and plays for a team that you're not even going to see unless you make it to the playoffs or excuse me, unless you match up in the playoffs, 49ers and the Lions are both going to make the playoffs, but unless you match up in the playoffs, you're not going to see him in the regular season. They're completely irrelevant to what you're trying to get done at this time. I, I just, feel like the timing is really, really bad on this. I don't like the optics. I feel like the Niners' like behavior is sort of like getting away from them. I mean, it started off with George Kittle wearing the F Dallas shirt. It was like unnecessary. And now Debo it's like, who cares about Dallas? Yeah, F Dallas, man. Like, don't even acknowledge them. Just beat them and move on. It's not, don't get down into the trenches with them. It seems silly. You did that. And now Debo Samuel starts a fight with, the the Browns and now he's in a fight with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. It's like, man, you guys need to keep the main thing, the main thing. I like that expression. And Chauncey Gardner Johnson ain't the main thing, right? It's the Vikings. You just lost to PJ Walker. You just lost to PJ Walker. Debo, George. Yeah, man, George, you just had one catch for one yard the week after wearing that shirt. Like you guys all need to chiggity check yourselves before you riggity wreck yourselves. How many <laughs> times do I have to say that? You were this close to riggity wrecking yourself when all you have to do is chiggity check yourself first. And I think that's what the Niners need to do this week. Let, let's parlay this into a, a quick conversation about Kyle Shanahan. So I think Kyle Shanahan has shown a lot of growth as a leader this year, the way he's mm-hmm. taking blame upon himself. Um, I just, I feel like as a leader in front of the mic, he's much better than what he's ever been. And I'm giving him a ton of credit for that. Now, I didn't like hearing going into the game that, you know, hey, this is going to be a tough one. And he told his team all, you know, all these things and you got to be ready for a fight and we may not score 30 and don't care about your stats. However, I do kind of feel what he was trying to do. To me, that sounds like a leader that knows the pulse of his team is an arrogant one, and he's trying to bring them down a notch before they actually get humbled on the field and are brought down a notch that way. He was trying to get out ahead of it. Unfortunately, he couldn't. Sometimes, you know, players, children, whatever, they've got to learn from their own lessons. They're not going to learn from from the lessons you're trying to teach or your verbal ones. They've got to go out there and make their own mistakes, and that's what happened. But it's almost like Kyle Shanahan knew that this was around the corner and tried to stop it from happening before it did. He was unsuccessful. It is surprising to me that after what should have been a very humbling loss, 
And this is what's frustrating me about Debo Samuel in this situation. I don't know that Debo Samuel would have acted this way if he was on the field this last week and went through that with his brothers and lost a tight game. But because he didn't play, he's like, well, I mean, I didn't lose. I wasn't out there. If I would have been out there, we would have blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So now he's got this, this almost overconfidence again about him. It's like, dude, just chill for a week. Can you chill for a week and not get into it with another player across the league that has nothing to do with what you got going on? I mean, you don't see Fred Warner doing this. You don't see Javon Hargrave doing this, right? I mean, you don't see Eric Armstead doing this or Nick Bosa or Traverius Ward. or I mean, what? It just seems immature, and it seems like a distraction, and it seems beneath the 49ers. They were talking about having a standard a week ago. This ain't it. Like you're so, you're the best team in the league. You want to be the best team in the league. Like act like it. You guys just you guys just lost to PJ Walker and, and and committed twelve penalties in that game. Like, come on, you 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 lost the standard for a week. It's right there. You can be. It's right. You didn't even you, you didn't even misplace it. It's just on the other side of the room. It's there. The standard. It's there. Just go get it. Pick it up. Pick it up. Just tap it in. Tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Give it a little tappy. Like what? Come on. here's the thing about Debo Samuel and I I appreciate this about him is that he is the type of guy who I don't even know if he means to to like talk a lot of ish to just be a, a jerk he needs to put pressure on himself he needs that outward pressure and I can appreciate that he's really what he's doing is trying to get himself going and trying to put a chip on his shoulder but when you do it publicly versus between the lines you start to put a mark on your whole team's back. And maybe some of the players on that team don't like that. Maybe they don't want to deal with any of that. You know what I mean? Like maybe they don't need that to get going. Debo does, but then talk trash between the lines when the game is going. Get yourself going that way. Don't do it on a Tuesday afternoon show with Kay Adams. I never understood the point of talking trash. I didn't play football. But like this trash talking in in basketball because you can't really hit the other person but in football like you literally can run as fast as you want hit the other person as fa- as hard as you want what's the point of talk- like you could just play the next play and hit him why are you yeah. what are you talking about i never understood that anyway we got to go lightning around here with these super chats brother bob iggy iglet and nails you agree that uh larry with larry that cmc is a gadget running back no i mean he's not he's not derrick henry but yeah he can do it all Brother Bob, GC all, and Nails, you also gadget. agree with Larry that BP needs gadget running back. <laughs> I mean, he, I think he definitely uh, benefits from a, court, from a running back who can't be guarded man-to-man. Mike says, if no Super Bowl win, who's traded out next season? Purdy. Oh, gosh. I'm kidding. I take it back. I take it back. No. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I don't know. Kyle um, Shanahan. <laughs> Jake Moody. How about Jake, Jake Moody? Moody. They're gonna, it's going to be all his fault. Steve M says, Niners need to cancel all social media. Kyle, too. Okay, Steve M. Win a chip, then run your mouth all you want. Jeff, Grant, Niners need Jalen Johnson. Oh, gosh, I would Get love that. that. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten. Lack of focus and lack of being locked in. I didn't understand why he wasn't voted captain after a historic season. Now I see why. Mm. Yeah, he's not exactly acting like a captain. Cast Legion 49 says, Grant, have you thought about getting on the gram? No, he hasn't. 
No. Uh, <laughs> 808 Niner says, man, just another check. CMC got a cash. Jess. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, yes. When Debo runs his mouth, CMC is the one that has to cash the check. You're right. Jesse, what you got coming up next? Oh, normally I'd be, ha- I'd have behind the enemy lines, but that is pushed to tomorrow afternoon. So I'm going to do an open mic. I haven't done one yet this season. I feel like it's fitting. So be on last second sports in 10 minutes, open mic. If you have, if you've taken any exception with my takes, call in. That's your chance to sound off. I've taken so many exceptions with your takes. So many exceptions. Yes. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow.